Welcome to Companion Pass. I'm thrilled to have you along on this wild ride as we explore the untamed world of rodeo life and the families and supporters that make it all happen. From thrilling arena action to quiet moments behind the scenes, this podcast is your ticket to the heart of true rodeo life. I'm Lindsay Branquino, and as a rodeo wife and mom myself, I've experienced firsthand the joys and challenges of life in and around rodeo. Together, we'll dive deep with rodeo families, rodeo athletes, and other folks who are living and breathing the Western way of life. We'll explore topics like raising families while husbands are away, navigating the dangers of a professional rodeo career, keeping a relationship alive when you're hundreds of miles apart, and what it takes to pursue your own goals in the midst of it all. Whether you're part of a rodeo family, a fan, or just someone who loves Western culture, Companion Pass will give you all the real, unfiltered insights you've been looking for. Let's dig in. Welcome back to another episode of Companion Pass. I am so excited about today's guest. It is Lily Hay. And for any of you that don't have the pleasure of knowing Lily in person, I will just go ahead and attest to the fact that she is probably one of the most genuinely nice and sincere and just like precious people I've ever met in my life. You are around her and she just radiates light and goodness. She is so sweet. And I'm so happy to have her with us. Lily, thanks for being here today. Oh, Lindsay, you're so sweet. That made me feel so special. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) I was thinking about it when I invited you on and I'm like, just the idea of getting to talk to you kind of just like made my heart feel happy because anytime (laughs) I'm around you, you just are like so sweet. I I feel like every time I leave a conversation with you, I'm like a little bit of a better person. That's how I feel about you. So the feeling is mutual. And also, Lindsay, I feel like your energy is like very sweet and calming. This last year at the American, I don't know if you remember, I was like freaking out, having anxiety attack. And you were so calming. So the feeling's mutual. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) I'm glad to hear that because there are very few people in my life that think my energy is calming. (laughs) And I think maybe the only reason that that was the case at the American, if you felt that is because my heart was going out to you because I am like you in the fact that anytime I used to watch Luke compete, I got so, so nervous. Like, it it was horrible. And so I was seeing you feel that way, and I just, I I felt it. I felt every bit of your nerves. So I was trying to take as much (laughs) of that on for you as I possibly Well, I appreciate it so much. And I feel like that's what we're here to talk about, right? Like neutral shared nerves and experiences with that comes with this world. Yeah, exactly. So this is a really funny story that I don't think I have ever told anybody, but this feels like the right time to do it. In fact, Luke doesn't even know this and I'm a little bit I, I'm nervous for when he hears this because I don't know what he's going to say, but there was a year at the NFR, I don't remember what year it was, where... Before he was, like, before this year wrestling, I was so nervous that night. I felt like it was one of those nights that there was a lot riding on his run. And I was sitting in the stands all through the bareback riding, which is the first event. Steer wrestling is obviously the second event. And by the time it got, like, to the steer wrestling and he was towards the end um, of the guys that night, I I couldn't even sit in my seat. I thought I was going to throw up because I was so nervous. And so I literally left and I went and sat in a bathroom stall. (laughs) No, I, I did, and of the like 
like 150 runs Luke has made in the Thomas and Mac while we've been married. That is the one run I did not watch because I didn't think I could make it through it. And I sat on the toilet in the bathroom stall of the Thomas and Mac. Like I was still fully dressed. I wasn't using the bathroom with like my head in my hands and I could hear everything going on like when he was up. And that is so embarrassing. <laughs> Honestly, that's not even that embarrassing, but you do have to tell him that. Be like, hey, I loved and supported you, watched every single run, but one, I had to take a breather for myself. I did, and oh, I don't even know what it was about that night, but I just like... I was going to say, was anything specific riding on that run? I mean, it wasn't like the 10th go-around or something, and, and I do feel like there was... I mean, there had to have been something about it that made it feel like extra heavy that night, but I just couldn't end that. And and so I did. I sat in the bathroom stall and listened. You just couldn't take it. Just had to give yourself a little breather. <laughs> oh, that cracks me up. I could just picture you in probably your beautiful NFR outfit sneaking away, hiding from everyone. Exactly. My my sequin friend was probably in the toilet or something. <laughs> yeah. And then afterwards, because I could hear what was happening. So I waited until after his run. I went back to my seat and then everybody, like my friends, my sister was there. His parents were like, oh no, you missed Luke's run. And I totally was like, oh shoot. <laughs> Acted like it was an accident. <laughs> Dang it, I really had to get a snack. I didn't even realize it was the steer wrestling. Go Lupo. <laughs> I was totally like, oh, okay. there was a line. I just shamelessly lied. I, I it was horrible. <laughs> that was one of my that was one of my worst moments. So you're by comparison okay. you're doing great, Lily. <laughs> yeah, me having a sweating anxiety attack in public. I should have just went to the bathroom like you did. <laughs> Next time I'll know. I'll take a tip. Yeah. Yeah, NFR wife pro hawk. <laughs> Just go to the bathroom. That's so funny because I definitely resonate with that super like nervous energy. And sometimes there's like nowhere to put it or nothing to do with it. So you just have to take that moment to yourself. <laughs> it's true. We jumped right into the deep end there with that. But I mean, we haven't even said you are married to Dawson Hay, who's a saddle bronc rider. He's a three time NFR qualifier. And I bet you've never missed any of his rides in the bathroom. Not yet. <laughs> uh, so watching Dawson ride, like, since you and I both get nervous, and I know this is not universal, like, some people don't don't get as nervous as we do, but can you, like, walk us through what that's, like, what is it like for you watching him? What's going through your head, and what are you feeling? What are you uh, thinking? So that's, like, I mean, like, the ultimate question, right? I have a really hard time just because saddle bronc riding could be so dangerous. I've mentioned before that Dawson's got in a bag of accident in 2020. He got kicked in the head. And after you go through something like that, it never really, like, leaves your mind. And when I'm walking into the rodeo, rodeos are so fun, right? Everybody's enjoying themselves. People are getting drinks. People are getting snacks. There's usually, like, a concert after. And everybody's having, like, kind of a carefree time. But for me, I'm having a little bit of a different experience because like my husband's up that night it's not only his safety that I'm worried about it's our livelihood like this isn't like a party to me it's our way of life it's our livelihood so I'm having a different experience than everybody at the rodeo don't get me wrong I always have a lot of fun at rodeo seeing my friends and everything but like you said you get that nervous energy like around the bareback riding because you know the steer wrestling's next I kind of get that nervous energy 
um, around, you know, the team roping or the steer wrestling, because I know the saddle bronc riding is coming up. And I'm usually like, like you said, you're slipping off to go to the bathroom to miss the run. I'm like slipping away to go to the bathroom to like say my rosary or say my prayers. And that's something I've just tried to like offer up to God and like give him my anxiety. And I love watching Dawson. I don't ever want to be like, I don't enjoy it. I do enjoy it so much, but mostly after it's over and I can take it all in. Um, I'm like, that was great. Now I can enjoy myself. Um, but before I'm just feeling like butterflies in my stomach, I'm feeling excitement for him. But I'm also feeling nervous. And I think you can attest to this, that it's a lot harder to sit and watch and have zero control. I feel like people are like, oh, if you get nervous, imagine how Dawson feels. I'm like, he doesn't get nervous because it's muscle memory. It's he gets to be the one that's physically doing this, going out there, um, letting it all lay on the line. And we just have to sit back and take a deep breath um, and watch. So that's hard for me sometimes. And it's hard for me sometimes that Dawson can't relate to that, you know, how nervous I'm sitting in the stands. This last year, though, we had our baby girl, honey, hey, um, which was very exciting. But he didn't go to the Canadian finals this last year because I was due over the Canadian finals. It just wasn't going to work out. And he had to end up watching all of his best friends and his brother ride at the Canadian finals and just watch it. And I remember him just saying, like, man, this is nerve wracking. This is what you do every time. I'm having a really hard time. Like, I'm really nervous to watch my brother, Logan. And I'm like, well, welcome to my world. Now you know all the thoughts, feelings, and emotions that go with competing and not being able to do anything about it but sit back and watch. Yeah, that's really hard. I mean, you finally got a taste of his own medicine, right? Yeah. (laughs) It does, though. It makes perfect sense, I think. And I think that's part of it, too, is that when you're watching them and And you said it perfectly right there when you said you're experiencing the rodeo different than anybody else there. And that's exactly how I always felt is that I'm not just there to have a good time. I mean, like you said, it is a great time and it's a lot of fun, but there's there's like a weight that you're carrying about all this stuff that feels like it's riding on it, right? Completely, yes. And I think sometimes like even I feel like you know, you have the cutest Instagram ever, your outfits are so cute. And people see you at rodeos, and it looks like carefree. And now that I've got to like know you a little bit better, and I just know what it's like to live behind that. It's like, it can look so fun, like going to rodeos and getting dressed up and like being there to support your husband. And like I said, it is fun. But also there's like a heaviness behind it that obviously we don't show all over social media, you don't post and be like, I almost cried today. (laughs) Um, Because I was so nervous, right? Um, I hate in the bathroom bathroom tonight. Yeah. (laughs) Hashtag, do you love my outfit? I hid in the bathroom for the steer wrestling. Like, you don't post those things. You don't talk about those things. And, you know, we're so lucky to, like, live this life. I feel like a baby being like, I have a hard time. But I do, you know. It's something that I think as, like, a rodeo fan, um, I'm so happy they enjoy the rodeo. Obviously, that's why people go to the rodeo. But, like, yeah, like you said, we're having a little bit of a different experience. And, you know, you don't always see that. And, of course, you don't want to show that. You're there to support your husband you're there to have a good time um you're not going to be like I hid in the bathroom and then almost threw up (laughs) before you went exactly well I think that I think of a a lot of rodeo life like true rodeo life is like that it's this whole Instagram versus reality like on a different level right because the reality of rodeo is so different than what most people see they're seeing the surface level of things that look like just a a ton of fun, a wild time, these big, amazing rodeos, you know, because those are the ones that are put out there most strongly, you know, rodeos like Houston or the finals or Calgary or like on this really grand stage. And they're not even seeing 
the tiny little small town rodeos that these guys are going to that are not great conditions or for, you know, you guys, like not the best horses they're getting on. I just feel like so much of rodeo is like that, like your expectation versus reality for for most people not living this life are, are out there or is, you know, is like that. So are there other things you can think of that kind of fall into that category, like what people's misconceptions, I guess, are of rodeo versus what the reality of it that we're living is? Oh my gosh, I feel like there's so many, right? And I feel like you can add to this just as well as I am, as well as I can. But like, I think one of the funniest things, I always come back to this like memory. One of my first years, I was dating Dawson, I was at Cheyenne, and that's like a cool rodeo, you know, like the daddy of them all. Everybody loves to go to that rodeo and post their cute pictures. And I was. I was in Dawson's van, like getting ready myself for the rodeo, which is not glamorous, getting ready in like a roughy van, right? Like you don't even have like water or power. Sometimes you're trying to put together a cute look and go to the rodeo. Um, And I saw, I think it was a calf roper girlfriend and she had the cutest outfit on. She had these like high red stilettos and these literature, little tiny, like miniature shorts. And she was feeding for him that morning. And she was like in her outfit, getting ready to go to the rodeo in these heels, but she was carrying hay and grain buckets. I was like, wow, this is a real Instagram versus reality moment because I know she's going to go take a cute picture in that awesome outfit as she should but little does everybody know she was his stall help this morning feeding and cleaning up after his horses just being a great you know supportive girlfriend Um, but I'm like that's an Instagram versus reality right there like you might see the cute outfit at the rodeo but like you didn't see that like I mean you're married to a bulldogger that you maybe had to ride horses that morning and clean stalls and grain and feed and everything like that. Oh, totally. That's and that's a perfect example. Another one that I love and you talked about this in your written companion pass piece cuz you were a, one of the ones I had on there and I absolutely loved yours. It's still on there and I would encourage everybody to go and read it because it's it's Thank still you. so relevant and and so good. But you talk about having to do like your skincare routine in like the bathroom of a gas station. It's so sad. But have you never done that? Oh, haven't we all? <laughs> yes, that's what I'm saying. Or maybe, you know, because you're married to a stair wrestler, maybe you do it in a living quarters. But I, I'm i like really someone who's like skincare first. I can't go to bed if I haven't like washed my face or brushed my teeth or anything like that. And if you're in an all night drive, it's like go to the gas station, you know. So one of the only times and I like to go with Dawson to like the big rodeos. But, you know, one summer I did go with him to a few small summer rodeos on a little summer run, and it was not glamorous. I mean, we were rolling into one rodeo so late, and he was grabbing his saddle, and we were running to the rodeo. And I was like, Dawson, I haven't eaten in a day, and I haven't even brushed my hair. <laughs> and he he looked at me, and he said, oh, baby. And I thought he was about to say something sweet, like, take your time. Go, like, you know, brush your hair. Or, like, go get something to eat. And he said, I don't know what to tell you. This life on the road ain't easy. And I was like, oh, thank you. The sympathy. The love I'm feeling is, I thought I was about to get like, oh, take a moment to yourself. We've been traveling with all these guys. Like, do what you need to do? He's like, I don't know what to say. Yeah. You need to film my run. I'm up in 10 minutes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, that That's just the best story. And it's so true. I mean, like you were saying, it's a little different from you because Dawson, as a, as a saddle bronc rider, he's, he's not hauling his own horses, has a trailer, which in some aspects is hard because like at least with Luke, when I'd go with him and there's a living quarters, like it has a shower and a sink that most of the time you can use unless it's out of, (laughs) (laughs) but you probably don't want to, yeah, you probably don't want to use it because like five other bulldoggers (laughs) are also using it, but it's, it is there. 
but just the, just that, that that is the reality, you know, that you're not the two of you, you're not staying in hotels. You're not, I mean, you're probably mm-hmm. not even half the time, not even staying anywhere. It is just all night drives. You're taking your shift. They're taking theirs. Like you said, you're lucky if you got to stop. I mean, it's, it's not, yeah, it's definitely not. One thing I'm envious a little about with like the steer wrestlers is like, I feel like just cause so my aunt is Quincy Eldridge. She's married to Dakota Eldridge, who's a professional steer wrestler. Um, and so I've spent a fair time around the steer wrestlers. They're like the gentle giants of rodeo. They're the coolest, best group of loving, funny, kind guys. Um, and I've spent a fair time around them. And like steer wrestlers like 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 to eat, you know, like at least a normal <laughs> amount, like have three meals, like they're big guys, they like to eat. Bronc riders will go like two days without eating and not even notice. I'm like, I can't live like this. I need to go hang out with the steer wrestlers because I need to eat something. These I, I, instant, I instantly worst. know why I married a steer wrestler now because it is so true. In <laughs> fact, I you were being very kind there when you said that steer wrestlers eat a normal amount. Like I think they eat an abnormal <laughs> amount. I can't tell you how many times I've been with Luke and we'll like three square meals is their bare minimum and there's usually like a, a <laughs> fourth or fifth but I can't tell you how many times we've been like leaving breakfast somewhere and we're like back in the truck and he's like what do you want for lunch I'm like how are you even thinking about your next meal right now <laughs> I am so full you're like well I'm glad you asked <laughs> exactly I'm like can we pick oh, up Lily sweet. and I take her to get something to eat <laughs> no seriously next time you see me just know that I'm hungry and if you guys are going to eat let me go wherever you're going going because my husband does not it's like a it's like a bronc rider thing which is so funny too because I feel like rodeo wives you know as are all in this together but like within each event is their own little like bit of like stereotypes yes. versus realities yes, as well please, you know? so please, like even though we're all in this together please share this, the um, other saddle bronc stereotypes because I am so interested in this like event breakdown Well, they're all a little so different, right? So even though like we all might be competing at the same rodeo, we're all like experiencing different things. Like even with Quincy, I'll get Dawson's draw the night before. And bronc riding the draw is such a big deal because half of the score goes to the buck and horse, right? And they have names and they have reputations. And there's ones guys like getting on. There's ones guys don't like getting on. And, you know, the night before I'll be like, oh, Dawson has this horse. Like I'm already nervous. And Quincy will be like, what the heck? I don't even know what steer Dakota has till like an hour before. Like, how do you guys get this so far in advance, you know? So um, we're experiencing like two different, like, you know, like preparations the night before Quincy and I. Um, there's so many different things, but I do I do love the steer wrestlers. Dawson always says, and this is meant to be a compliment, but Dawson always says steer wrestlers. Steer wrestlers are the roughies of the tiny <laughs> world. He was like, I love steer wrestlers. He's like, if you go to the bar, the guys there having the best time, steer wrestlers. He's like, you don't always see a lot of team ropers or calf ropers, but do you know who's there and you can always have fun with? A steer wrestler. I'm like, there you go steer wrestlers are the roughies of the tiny world that is that's the most perfect description of a steer wrestler (laughs) I have ever heard that is that's so good we need to make like a shirt or something that says that because that is gold (laughs) it is so true they're just so fun they really are they and have you ever seen and I wish now I could remember what what they were when this episode comes out I'll have to post something about it but have you ever seen um like the memes where it assigns like a dog breed to each rodeo event Yes, we should do that. <laughs> we need yes, to. 
<laughs> we should bring that back up. I'd love that. I don't know. Do you feel like there's any steer like stereotypes about like steer wrestlers that you think like, oh yes, this is so true, or oh no, I'm married to one. This is so. False. I mean, I think every every steer wrestler stereotype I've ever heard of is pretty true. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you just you just named most of them. Like they're like big, <laughs> gentle giants. They're a ton of fun. They don't take too life too seriously. They're like there for a good time. Yes. They travel in packs. Yes. They're loud and rowdy and always down to have a lot of fun. I just always and I feel so lucky to like be brought into that because they it's just like a big family. They're really all of them are so close. And I, I think you have to be in steer wrestling because you're sharing horses, you're hazing for one another. I mean, you're doing your job and you're dependent on one of the other steer wrestlers to help you do your job to your best ability. Absolutely. That's one thing I was gonna mention too, like this like you were saying with the steer wrestlers and I feel this way about the Brown Riders. They're such a camaraderie, which I think is so beautiful because you don't find that in a ton of sports, but I see it like and when you watch the steer wrestling, you know that you're right. They might be riding the same horse, but they want their buddy to win just as much as, you know, they want themselves to do well, which is really amazing, you know, because they're doing this for a living. They're doing this for money. Um, and they are, you know, wanting to help each other out and win. One of the things is, I don't know how well you know Ty Erickson. Oh, yeah. Ty. I love Ty. So mm-hmm. sweet. This, I think, just speaks to steer wrestlers in general is one year Ty was it was at the end of the summer run and Ty had well made the NFR by now. Um, and him and Dakota were traveling somewhere and Dakota was kind of, you know, like at the back half of that top 15, still fighting for a spot at the NFR. And they had oversold their flight and they were like, Hey, not everybody can get on, you know, and they like offered Ty a seat and Ty was like, have my seat, Dakota, you go to the rodeo. Like I'd rather you go and make some money and go- make it to the NFR. Like you go have my seat. And I'm like, that is the nicest, sweetest thing. But that just speaks to steer wrestlers. They'd give the shirt off their back to help it's, their buddy. It's really true. There, I can't remember what year it was, but one of the years Luke made the finals and his traveling partner, Les Shepperson, had also made the finals. So they're both there competing in Vegas, you know, and Les would go out, he would bulldog, and then he would like immediately when he was done or vice versa, you know, he would go jump on the steer, uh, on the hazing horse and he would haze for Luke. So he's competing two seconds. And that's not un- unheard of by any means at the finals, but you literally have this guy who's like trying to win a world championship and he's going out there and he's doing his best. And two seconds later, he's jumping on a horse so that he can help his friend like potentially beat him. And and they're just so genuinely supportive of one another that I think that's that's a really like unique and special thing about rodeo that they have and I'm sure too in the bronc riding like they're calling their friends and like I have this horse what does he do and they're like helping him like walk yeah totally 100% I'm like yeah no you're right I like how you're all and then what do they say like what do the bronc riders say after that like you can't I don't know they call each other and they're like what does this horse do you're all good (laughs) You're all, that's funny, but no, you're making me laugh. Um, But honestly, like, no, there's this video, one of my favorite videos ever. And it was this last year at the American Dawson was riding for a million dollars, which was crazy. And they kind of changed the um, layout of the American. Usually he would have just qualified, but this year they changed it to only top five in the world qualified. Right. So all of a sudden he was there riding for a million dollars and he made his way to the four man. And he tied with Stetson Wright in the foreman, which was like crazy. And they went to like a ride off. You can imagine my nerves. I was like, oh my gosh. Um, And uh, like, there's a video and it's like, 
I think like eight guys around Dawson's shoot and they're all like pulling a saddle, pulling a cinch, like patting him on the back, just like the love and support that was there. And there's a video. And after his horse leaves the shoot, it's like my favorite video. It's a slow motion video. And like, I think like five guys are leaned over the shoot, just like yelling, screaming after he rides, they're throwing their hats. It's just like the love that they, you know, that their buddy, it's amazing that like a rodeo cowboy in this day and age could even be riding for that money. Um, and there's not a bit of jealousy there. It was all love. It was all support it was all cheering um and that's what i love about the rodeo world too it's like you really see that there's a lot of love and support and cheering for your fellow athlete within your event yeah i am i'm so glad you brought up the um the american because i wanted to talk about that um and when that happened which was wild like you said he makes it to the four man he had gone through the whole qualifying system so he's eligible for the million dollars and i remember sitting there in the stands and when that happened and he and stetson tied and they're like it's gonna be a write-off and and nobody knew it was gonna happen because i don't think that that's ever happened that's never never and so when they said that my first thought is like oh my god i hope somebody has lily like You're like, I saw her just at the qualifying round the other day. She was. Um, I know. For some reason, I was really calm that day. I don't know why. Like, one thing I've been like working on is I just have like, and I know you've talked about this too. I have a lot of like natural anxiety. And I think like you, you know, you've talked about having anxiety and you must do a very good job hiding it because I never see that. And I try to do that as well. But one of the things like my biggest goals this year is just like offering that up to God. Like, I don't think it's healthy to be that anxious. I don't think it's good for you. So I've just been like saying my prayers, offering up to God, and it's honestly helped a lot. But I had a lot of calmness that day. Um, And, you know, that was crazy because what they were both like 92 and a half and they went to a write off. And can we just stop and say, first of all, that they tied at 92 and a half? Like that score, (laughs) that score alone, like you see that score anywhere and like whatever you win. That's just and then when there's, yeah, there's two of them at that. I mean, that's the level that these guys are riding at, which which alone is just such a feat of like athletic ability, which is incredible 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 horses incredible athletes it's just amazing um and then so that day it was like you know Stetson ended up winning and Dawson got second and a lot of people you know there was like controversy after and I think you can attest to this too it's like rodeo fans are the greatest but you know people get on like Facebook and they like give their opinions and this wasn't the first time that that had happened with Stetson and Dawson because they tied this last year for Fort Worth as well they were each like 91 oh and a half or whatever they were at Fort Worth and they and slitted the title but thank goodness that didn't go to a write-off because that was stressful too well I had no sadness that Dawson got second I thought it was amazing actually I was like he worked his way through the qualification systems he won the American last year he was second this year I'm like I'm so proud of him I had no sadness I had like no bitter feelings you know people were like oh a million dollars are you so upset I'm like not really because it was never ours to begin with and you have a lot of that in that sport too right you know you can't like cling to the like what ifs like oh you know that world title would in mind if I didn't break out or if I drew a better steer or if I didn't miss my horse out like in this sport you cannot think of the what ifs it's what happened and you know the result and I didn't feel any sadness the only time I think I felt like sadness is like I think you can see this too it's like you get on Facebook and you can see it both ways there was a ton of people being like oh, Dawson got robbed. He should have won the million dollars. This is terrible. This is what's horrible about, you know, a judged event. And then, you know, you've got the other side that was like, oh, well, Stetson had the better ride and the foreman. It should have never went to write off. And I just feel like people 
on Facebook or like, you know, social media, we're kind of like making an ugly situation out of a situation that wasn't there at all. You know, it was like a beautiful, exciting, you know, like the boys shook hands, everything was good all around. And we didn't feel that way at all. You know, we were like, wow, Dawson was like, what a crazy day, like the first ride off in history, you know, and Dawson's really good to let it roll off his back. You know, he's like, wow, almost a million dollars, but that's rodeo, right? You know, and like, that's right, you know, so we didn't feel that way. Um, we didn't feel that way. And then like to get on social media and I, I love that there's rodeo pants fans, but for people to have like, you know, negative feelings each way and make a situation that like, wasn't even there relevant, you know, like I thought they both had such good rides. And like you said, there's such camaraderie. I was like, nobody's feeling that way. Nobody feels wrong. And I love hearing that. I love hearing that Dawson took that approach and viewed it like that because I mean, like we were just saying that it's so incredible that he was able to do that and he he really left it all out there in the arena um and put on a great show and i really love that you said that the the what ifs in rodeo can really get you if you focus yeah. on that and i think that's so true because there are you can what if yourself to death in rodeo because there are so many variables and you're in control of so few of them and i think that's one of the things that as an outsider um my perspective watching luke's career has made him such a great competitor is that he doesn't let himself get sucked into those what-ifs and he doesn't dwell on his last run. Whatever happened in that last run, he leaves it there and goes on to the next, good or bad. He can have a horrible run or he could have broke the barrier to win first or he could have not gotten the flag when he was supposed to get one. And he gives himself a couple minutes and by the time he walks from the arena back to the trailer, he's let it roll off his back and he's focusing on the next one. Or he can go out there and be 3-2 and amazing and have this, you know, great win and same thing. By the time he's back to the truck, he's focusing on the next one because you are, I mean, you have to go and be 100% on your next run. You can't be like, well, this morning I was fast because that doesn't do you any good in your next one either. And I think that... It kind of sounds like you're saying Dawson's the same way is that they're so good at just living in, I guess, living in the moment or focusing on only what's right there in front of them. And I think that's a talent and a mindset to have. Like you're mentioning about Luke, like I will just say like Luke is the goat, like he's the greatest of all time when it comes to serious, like me and Quincy talk about this all the time because he's announces now and he's the most talented announcer and he'll be so gracious and talk about these guys. Like the other day he was talking about Tyler Wag's pack and he's like, you know, Wag is one of the greatest ever. And I think Quincy texts Luke and was like, you're really nice to like um, talk hype up all the steer wrestlers, but remember you're the ultimate goat <laughs> Luke. Like, so Luke is such a good example and he's like the like he's the ultimate example really because he's like the greatest of all time and I think if he can win so many world titles and you know even though Dawson isn't like a bronc rider I mean he's not a steer wrestler he's a bronc rider he doesn't do that event it's a talent to see someone like Luke who's a multi-world champion that he doesn't let the great or the bad runs hang in his head too long you know it's always on to the next thing and that's a talent and I do feel like Dawson has it as well and I feel like you have to have it like can you imagine like dwelling on like five rides ago or like five runs ago like you've got to let it roll off your back and I'm always shocked like even Dawson you know will get bucked off to win something really big um and you know what I'm always think I'm gonna see him and he's gonna be a little bitter a little upset and by the time I see him he's like hey how's it going did you guys have like a good day I'm like oh my goodness you're you're better than me you know well were you that way when you competed did you let things roll off no I didn't and I think that was (laughs) (laughs) see and I think that's the thing is that I really 
I learned a lot about myself as a competitor through watching Luke. And a lot of it wasn't until hindsight, but I could then see the way he handled wins, the way he handled losses, the way he approached his day and the way he approached his event and what he did and the way he prepared for it and all of this. And I could look at it and I I mean, I would see that that is what set him apart in his success versus where I was. I was constantly fighting my head. I would, I would do the what if thing. I would, um, you know, just like get myself worked up. I was uh, clearly, I I don't even think I need to say at this point that I was anxious (laughs) and nervous (laughs) often the time, which he just wasn't, he, he didn't, he didn't have those feelings. And so I could see where, um, like why he excelled and what I would need to do, I guess, in in order to be more like that, or I guess why that helped him win. Um, so I learned a lot about myself because there was a lot of things that I didn't even know I was doing when I was still competing that were probably, you know, self-sabotaging a lot that I didn't even realize they were until you see somebody like these guys, like Dawson or like Luke, that approach it so differently than I did or maybe than you did. Mm-hmm. I I think it's a gift for sure, because when you're going for a world title or you're trying to make the NFR, yeah, you can't let the bad ones linger in your mind. You got to focus on the good and move on. And another thing I admire about Dawson, too, is like he could make a ride like 92 and a half or something, and he'll be watching his video and hardcore critiquing it. Like, oh, my foot on the left side actually wasn't as good as like my foot on the right side or, you know, anything like this. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, pat yourself on the back, cut yourself some slack. But also he's like, no, I can never be satisfied. I'm never at my best. Like it can always get better. And I know Luke, you know, has been the oh, same hundred percent. There'd be times, you know, even at the finals where he wins the round and I go up and it's so exciting and I'm like, great job. And he's like, oh, that was awful. It was X, <laughs> Y, and Z and blah, 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 you know? And, and it's like, wait, what? You were just so fast. And he's like, it shouldn't have worked. I didn't do these things right that I should have done. And it, it isn't, I don't even think then it's about the time for him. He's not like, oh, I should have been faster. It's that he doesn't feel like he went and did his job well enough and vice versa, that there are times when, you know, he hasn't done well, or maybe he's one fifth or something. And I'm like, Oh, you know, sorry about that. And he's like, I felt great about it. Are you kidding? Like that year was supposed to be awful. And I told myself I needed to do this. So he didn't do this. And I did, I did everything that I possibly could have. And, and he feels good about it because he knows that he did his very best. And I think too, that kind of speaks to what we were saying about, um, how they are able to have such genuine camaraderie with their fellow competitors is because I think for a lot of rodeo cowboys, and I know this for Luke, um, is that they're not really competing against the other guys. They are kind of, Luke's always says he's competing against himself. He is so singularly focused on just going out there and doing his job as best as he can. And he then thinks if I do my job as well as I can, I should win. And if I don't, then I leave knowing that, that I did my best. And so I don't even think, I don't think that he really views it in the sense that he's competing against these other guys because he loves to see them go out and do their best too, you know? And I think then at the end of the day, it feels like if they won, it's because they did their job better and good for them. Yes. No, completely. Dawson's the same way. And that's what I love about it. Even like Dawson, you know, he's, young and he's really lucky to travel with Zeke Thurston who's a two-time world champion bronc rider Zeke's a couple years older than Dawson Dawson's only you know has just turned 25 he 
I'm like, or well, no, he'll be 25. I'm the worst. He's 24. <laughs> he's about to be 25. So he's like very young. I'm only like a year older than him. Like I'm so much older. But like I remember Zeke winning, you know, or no, Zeke's a three-time world champion now. I remember him winning a second world title. And Dawson was like, I'm so proud of you, Zeke. Like, you know, this is so amazing. He said, but one day you won't win it because I will. Just like joking, you know. And Zeke said, I really hope you do, Dawson. And like, I, I hope I like, you know, get to see that and see you do that. And it was just like such a beautiful moment because he means that from like the bottom of his heart that he like wishes that for Dawson you know they travel together they lift each other up and that's another good thing too because I think it's just like steer wrestlers you know because they're traveling partners they always compete in the same like slack or perf Dawson always has to travel with compete with Zeke and I'm like oh my goodness I'm like he's the best <laughs> role writer and you're he's always in your set you're always competing against him and Dawson's always like that's all right you know like iron sharpens iron like how could I ever be the best you know like he helped lift me up and build me up and make me better every day so we're really really um lucky I love the Thurston family so much and um because they travel together we get to spend so much time together um and not just like saying you know rodeo is like a big family and goes back to the camaraderie. So I think you're right. You know, they want their buddies to do good and they are competing against themselves. And so we were talking about how we both rodeo. You had like a pretty successful rodeo career yourself. Can you talk about that? Oh my gosh. I'm so retired (laughs) now though. I'm like so out of it. I would like to maybe get back into cutting or something someday. I just have a big family history in rodeo. So I think the same way that you grew up rodeoing and it was a part of your life, it was a part of mine. Um, This wasn't like a sport that like one day I was like, do you know what? This looks cool. I think I'll decide to do this. It was like I was born into it. Um, My grandfather, John Holman, made the NFR multiple times, the bronc riding. All my uncles rode bronc. Um, One of my uncles, Joe Marvel is a world champion bronc rider. I had a lot of family members that were already rodeoing and competing in rodeo. I was lucky to do a lot of cool stuff. Like I have a national title. I've won California high school state titles. I got to compete all through college. I I loved rodeo so much. I love how nonchalantly you threw out that you have a national title. <laughs> um, that that was a cool one. That was a really cool one. That was special. And I, this is like so silly, but like, I just feel like maybe you could relate to me. Like, even though I am like retired and I do want to get back into like cutting sometime soon, I'm like a horse girl to my core. Like I love horses so much. And I know like you don't bell race or anything, but you just got to go to the Kentucky Derby. I'm so jealous. Was that so amazing? It was, I mean, like the most incredible experience I've ever had in my life. It was so much fun. I mean, we went with some great friends and the whole thing was just, it was better than my wildest dreams. You know, everybody knows about the Kentucky Derby. I've been thinking about it for my entire life. I didn't know if I'd ever get to go. And so you think when you build something like that up in your mind, sometimes you're, you get there and you're like, oh, well, this maybe isn't quite as great as I was thinking because you've put it on such a pedestal. And I got there and I'm like, it blew everything I ever expected out of the water. It was so much fun. And we met some really wonderful people just through Instagram, actually, this girl that works there. And she, I saw it, it was, so it was amazing. She just, I mean, and this is kind of like not just rodeo. We talk about rodeo being like one big family, but I kind of think just like the horse world or just that kind of makes you, it gives you this yes. connection. And there's some of the best, the best people in the world. And so she had reached out and she's like, if you guys want to come back. So we got to walk all through the stables and she gave us, we got to go down in the paddocks when they're like saddling the horses. And it was just the most amazing experience. Like, I don't know if I can ever go back because I had such an incredible, just amazing. Everything was perfect. There wasn't anything I didn't love about it, but yes, like you, I am, I'm such a horse girl, like a a fast horse. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I'm in. (laughs) I know. 
And so that's what I was saying. It's like, even though I'm retired, like, and I, I had like a fun, successful, like rodeo career, I still love horses so much. So like I watched the Kentucky Derby on TV and then it inspired me to like watch Secretariat. And then I'm like crying <laughs> because like that bond between like you and your horse is so special, you know? So I think that's something that I miss a lot and why I'd like to get back in the, into the cutting. And I think we laughed about this, like the last time we did that, like Instagram live, it's like people be like, oh, you rodeo? Do you also rodeo? Like, I didn't know that, you know, and I'm sure people say that to you, like as they do to me. And that's just something that's so special. I just hold it in such a like, you know, special place in my heart. And although I'm not the one like competing anymore, it gave me such good memories, such good childhood, such like a good foundation sense of like responsibility. I just I, I miss that part in my life. I like admire it for what it was. And then someday I might go back to it. Like I, I remember you saying like, maybe you might like get a barrel horse sometime again here in the future. Yeah, it's true. I think that, and I think that's the thing and it's on a different level when we're talking about like professional rodeo, but it's so much more than just a career or just a sport. You know, you may be somebody who played high school basketball or something and we're great at it and really successful at it. I mean, I guess I don't know, but you kind of leave that part of your life and you maybe take some lessons you learned from it. But I think when you grow up um, rodeoing or, you know, horse events, it's it's so much more than just a sport. It does teach you all those life lessons and it just really stays with you. It kind of still owns a part of your heart, no matter how far you may go from it at some point in your life. It really changes you. and And I don't think you ever leave that behind. Do you find that since you were a competitor that that gives you any unique insight into supporting Dawson now? I feel like it does just because I know what it's like to have those hopes and dreams and, you know, kind of heartbreak when it doesn't work out. Um, and then I know, you know, just like I've, I've said this before, I've never done anything on the stage that he has, you know, like I've never made a run for a million dollars. <laughs> I've never, you know, that's been, weird. Like, whatever. <laughs> have you, yeah, usually people do. Right. <laughs> but like, I've never had to ride anything for a million dollars, but I do just still feel like I can relate to him. Just that one, that competitive instinct, I don't think ever really leaves you. And then two, that just like, you know, having a hope, having a dream, and then either feeling the joy of it becoming a reality or the heartbreak when it doesn't go your way. And I'm sure you can attest to that as well. So although I'm not the one competing anymore, and someday, like I said, I'd like to get back into like, you know, cutting for fun or something like that. Um, Cause I'm a horse girl. <laughs> um, but I, I do now that like, I don't, I don't, also in that sense I can see like you know how maybe sometimes if you did have a successful career yourself and now it's your husband you can feel like oh you know like this is not about me anymore but I don't feel that way at all I've just feel like my hopes and dreams have like transferred to Dawson and I love him so much and I support him so much that like you know all of a sudden like his hopes and dreams have become my own and anything I can help you know do to help him achieve that goal is really special yeah I mean I, I've I've said before and I truly feel like my love for rodeo that I had long before I met Luke or before he was ever a part of my life helped me in the sense that once I stopped rodeoing and was only kind of in the role or in, in my, my involvement in the world was as being supportive of him and being his wife, is that there was a lot of times when it would become trying, you know, being at home, like you're lonely, you're left at home and, and you're kind of wondering why you're doing it. And my love for the sport 
or my understanding and and knowing what it feels like to love the sport really helped me through some of those times just because I could understand what he must be feeling. I knew I loved it and and so I knew that he must be having that that same love for it and that same drive for it and so I I kind of understood I guess what was pushing him and keeping him going and and I was always really I guess just thankful that I had that insight or understanding because I I think that it would be just another you know, just really trying if you were somebody that maybe didn't love rodeoing, like if this was just the man you love, who of course you want to support. But if you don't have your own attachment to rodeo, I would think that it would be even more challenging to be like, oh, come on. Like, are we still doing this? You know, is that I could understand, I could understand why he loved it so much. Oh, completely. And like one thing that you just mentioned is like, and one thing I feel like we talked, I just, I feel, I hope my podcast turns out so good because I mean, good, because I just have so much fun talking with you. I feel like I'm just like jumping from one conversation to the next. Like I'm just talking to my good buddy, but like one thing you mentioned at the start, and then I'll kind of touch on like right now is like that it isn't always glamorous. And like you said, you can be at home a lot, you know? And I think that like lately there's just like, I've just like realized some things like there's a lot that you know think it it looks like it might be like so awesome to be like within the limelight of like rodeo you know like your husband's doing great and like you said you're posting pictures at Houston or the NFR and it looks so fun and it looks so wonderful but like I have a little baby now you know so that's changed some things I haven't been able to go as much and you know you've raised your beautiful family and all of your handsome boys and you know that you don't get to go as much and it's also a different feeling like sitting at home and supporting your husband while also still being like, Oh my gosh, I feel like a single parent now because my husband's gone and it's just me like by myself, like with this baby or with these children. So I think there's like an always an idea that it's like, Oh, it looks very glamorous, you know, to like be in this limelight of rodeo, but a lot of it is lonely and a lot of it is difficult. But I also will say now that I've had a baby, Dawson's never come home more in his life. I'm like, what the heck? You could have been coming home this much this whole time. And now you want to be here. But it's it is lonely. And I even remember like reading your companion pass and you saying like you got to experience the magical things that make everyday life normal. Like, you know, your child's first steps or, you know, being, you know, dropping them off at school. And then they're experiencing these big, exciting, you know, once in a lifetime moments. Um, And both of those things, I think, make life so beautiful it's a balance of each that make our life so beautiful and that's so special but that being said it's like it is not always as glamorous and you know fun as it's cracked up to be I think yeah I I think there's a lot of that that maybe I I wouldn't even say that it's not understood I think people just don't even think about it because why would you is that it is those sometimes really mundane everyday moments that are so great in life when you look back on it but also the milestones or just the little things that if you are getting to experiencing them with your your husband or wife you just kind of take for granted and i know like you talked about in your in your piece that you wrote for companion pass like how you guys were registering for your wedding and you were thinking in that moment like, oh, it's going to be so fun to open our gifts together. And then when that time came, you were opening your wedding gifts alone. Yeah. 
And I'm sure you've had a lot of experiences like that too, you know, and it's like, fine. I knew I chose this life. I'd seen it before. And so I never get too upset about it, but it's just like little things like that, you know, or now I'll be kind of honestly, my heart, like, you know, whether I always felt like it was like breaking for myself, experiencing these moments alone. Now my heart honestly kind of breaks for Dawson because we have this little girl now who changes every single day. She's almost seven months old. And I mean, like she's doing something new every single day and he's FaceTiming me every second, just being like, let me see her. Let me talk to her. What's she doing today? How many times has she rolled over? You know, and it's like, I get to soak all this in and he's wishing he could, you know, but he's out there like, you know, providing for a family. This is what he does for a living. And so it's a difficult, you know, pros and cons of the sport. And there are way more pros than there are cons. Um, but that's something that's been difficult for us to navigate this year. And he always just says, I don't care. I'll fly you guys out anywhere. I just, I want her to be everywhere. Where I am. So it's just a new stage of life that we're just learning to navigate as new It's parents. true. I think I just think it's your instinct when this person that you love so much and, and like, you know, with honey, your darling, darling little girl. She's the most beautiful baby <laughs> ever, which is no surprise. I mean, You're the so two sweet. of you. But <laughs> it's just in those moments where you said it's not even it's not even a big thing because some sometimes they are kind of small and you know you chose this life and you know that the sacrifices are worth it in the end because what you're doing it for. But it just kind of takes the wind out of your sails a little bit because you're in that moment, your first instinct is to like turn to your husband and be like, did you see what she just did? Do you see what she just said? And because you want to share all of that with them and you're just living a little bit, you know, separate lives a little bit because there's the distance in between you and navigating that can be hard. And it, it is when your first instinct is to want to turn to them and say that and then it's not there. There is that like beat, that heartbeat where you're like, oh, that's right. They're not there. And you can always text them or you send them videos and stuff and it's wonderful. But there is so much of that, like you're opening your wedding gifts alone, which I totally did <laughs> as well. You know, it's just those those little things that I think people don't even know they take for granted because they're not they're probably enjoying opening the gifts together but that you just you just miss which is a little bit sad in a sense I guess it's hard not to sometimes feel those losses when they add up but in the end you kind of have to focus on this end goal of or the bigger picture I guess right of of what what you're doing it for no, completely. And I think like, too, there's like a lot of stuff like that. That's like frustrating, too. Because, um, again, I'm like, I love that rodeo is like blowing up and the cowboy channel has done so much for rodeo, I think. So I'm like, shout out to them. And another thing is, I'm like, round of applause for Luke being one of my new favorite rodeo announcers ever. He's so good. I'm like, it's not fair that he was that good at rodeo. And then he could go on and have this giant personality <laughs> and be this good at announcing. And then it looks so fun. Like you're kind of in this new stage of life, right? Where he's not competing, but he's still announcing at these rodeos and you get to go and be with him. And I feel like almost experience more with him now. A hundred percent. I've gone to more rodeos with him this way than I ever did before. And part of it is our kids being a little bit older, but that's been such a blessing to me is that I've gotten to go and do those things with him because he is still involved in rodeo, which I think just speaks everything we just said leading up to this, why you sacrifice these things. And now Luke having this 20 plus year career in rodeo where he did it every single day and then still wanting to go back to it speaks to how much they genuinely love it. That is the driving force behind everything these guys do is because they love it. Nobody could rodeo that hard or that long unless they truly just like love it and crave it and 
he loves it so much. He's like, I did it. And now I just need to talk about it. Like, and he's just happy. <laughs> he's just happy being involved in rodeo. Like he genuinely loves it. I think that's why he gets excited now seeing guys do good is he's like, go beat all the records. I just, he just loves being a part of it. Um, and it's been so much fun to me to get to go and we kind of both are experiencing rodeo in a new way. And I can tell you, it's way more relaxing watching rodeo. <laughs> No, I'm envious. I saw you at Calgary and I was envious. I was having a very different yeah, week that. exactly. Is that now I'm like, I'm kind of having a lot more fun. The first time I went to the finals um, with Luke when he was just doing the commentary for it, I'm like, this is why people have such a good time here, you know? Good time. I'm having a great time. <laughs> like, this is amazing. And then like, yes, it's so fun. I know one time this is terrible to say, but one year at Pendleton, Dawson had already made the final, so I wasn't worried about it. And he didn't make the short go. And a couple of my girlfriends there you know, boyfriends did make the short go that year. And me and Dawson were just about to get married. I wanted him to just be healthy, happy. I had the best time ever that day watching, cheering. I got a drink. I didn't have a worry in the world. And he wasn't up. And I was like, you know what? I don't even care. This is great. Calgary last year was actually so difficult, really, really difficult because I was pregnant and I was having like a little bit of a scary pregnancy. I'm so lucky to say that our baby girl is healthy and happy and beautiful. Um, but my pregnancy was not without complications. I had to have some like extra monitoring and stuff like that. Well, right around the time I found out I was having all these complications in my pregnancy, Dawson tore his quad riding Bronx and he didn't have a good spring. He was, he had saddle struggles. He wasn't where he wanted to be. And it was like looking like grim. And it was so hard because I was at home by myself in this like, you know, late trimester, late second trimester, early third trimester, um, going to some really scary doctor's appointments alone, you know, like, you know, being at my mom, just like some hard stuff, you know, not having your husband hold your hand through some like scary news and hard things like that. And like I said, honey's completely healthy and happy now, but she did have, we did have some like worries. Um, now that I look back, I'm like, Oh, she's so healthy. Why was I so worried? But you know, anytime you're a new mom or anything like that, you get told that your pregnancy is different than the rest. You have a hard time. Well, he wasn't with me at all during this time and he was hurt. So he was struggling. He was down, he was down and out. And then I was struggling at home, you know, like crying, worried, worried about our baby. And I remember thinking, you know, like usually something that is so big to us, you know, like making the NFR, um, seemed so small all of a sudden, you know, in the health of like my pregnancy and our child and stuff. But it was just difficult because I was doing this alone. And then he was hurt. So that year at Calgary, I was kind of just like, hey, I don't think you should get on. You're so hurt. And he's like, well, I'm gonna have to try, you know, like it counts this year. And I was at home. And I was just feeling like such anxious energy. I don't know if it was worth to be there. It, it was if it, I decided not to go because my pregnancy was scary. So I stayed at home. And I was having such like anxious energy. And I was like, I don't know if it'd be worse if I was there or if it's worse that I'm at home and I'm so far from him but at Calgary they get on is it do they go three or four times before the short go I think I think it's four yeah so he had got on three horses and they were good horses good draws hard draws and he had just got like bucked off like hard every single one because he had this like torn quad like how do you ride Bronx and squeeze your saddle with a torn quad he had like no strength on that leg and it was just so hard every day to just like watch him be so hurt he could hardly walk out of the arena and um and me being at home you know going to these doctor's appointments every day being scared being like scared at my doctor's appointment and then being scared to watch him at the rodeo and I remember he drew a really good horse in that fourth round and he was like after he got bucked off his third one he's like book me a flight home I'm so hurting I just need to come home like I don't even know why I'm trying to do this I'm like I will and I felt some relief like come home just like heal up like nothing matters besides like our family and our health 
and then he drew a really good horse in that fourth round and he's like I'm gonna get on and I was like Dawson I was I this sounds terrible but I was kind of like please don't you know like just I can't take like my heart cannot take watching you do this again like this has been brutal and he's like I know I just have this feeling and like I just like need you to like believe in me and like support me and I was like all right that's it I will he got on that fourth horse won the round, which was amazing, qualified him for the wild card, got on at the wild card, ended up making it through the wild card, got on at the short go, made it to the four man and ended up second in Calgary. And had he not done all that, he wouldn't have had enough. He ended up making the NFR barely um, after being hurt all through the fourth round and everything. But I mean, he like gritted his teeth and put his head down and did what he had to do to like take care of our family. You know, at that point, it's not fun when you're riding so hurt. But like, I mean, it's just like moments like that where I'm just like, oh my goodness, you know, like I know this seems like, you know, second at Calgary, that seems like such a big deal, but nobody saw like the hard stuff that was like going on behind the scenes and me even asking him like, come home, I can't watch this like anymore, you know, but it was like his grit and his determination and faith in himself that like, you know, led him to doing so well really there at the end. Lily, that's like a movie. <laughs> like I think you have a blockbuster on your hands here with this. But no, it, it was it was difficult. Oh, I'm sure. I I mean everything about that as you're telling that story. I'm like so invested in that story as you're telling it, but it's it's so true because I, I, there's so many different aspects of that. Like he's hurting and you can't just be there for him like you want to. And you're struggling through a really scary time, obviously, and and he can't just be there for you. And there's so many emotions on everybody's front. And gosh, I just that that's really I think everything about that story just totally highlights it's that's the reality. It's the reality. That's the reality of it, right? You know, so it's like although and then it was you know, it was cute because the Cowboy Channel's like um, such a small world. My mom is a dental hygienist and had a patient come in and he's like, hey, I'm in the restaurant business. He's like, I called my brother the other day. He's like, we don't know anything about the rodeo. And he said, hey, I can't take your call right now. This is the most exciting <laughs> week. I've been cheering on this little bronc rider from Canada, Dawson Hey, and he's having the comeback of a lifetime. Like, this is oh. so exciting. I'm cheering him on in the short go today. Like a guy who knows nothing about rodeo lives states away is watching the Cowboy Channel. And I'm like, for him, Dawson comeback was exciting it was cool you know it's like people were on the edge of their seat for me I'm like sick to my stomach I'm like watching him ride hurt like you know like well you know like gritting my teeth and I think like yeah just just stuff just stuff like that and that's rodeo and I'm I'm happy that it was great and exciting and made for a great comeback story for Dawson but also it was like something completely hard that was like one of the hardest times of our lives I think him being so hurt and like fighting to make the finals and me being us being so concerned about like our pregnancy because all of a sudden like the bronc rides the winds making the nfr or not it was so small really in this scope of life and i think that all the time like the winds everything if you have your health and your happiness in your family like nothing really else matters you know yeah, i think rodeo for me i've i've always felt thankful because i think it does a really good job of keeping your perspective where it needs to be right it it humbles you it can humble you in a second and so for me like that was always kind of on the forefront of my mind is what you have now you may not have tomorrow and of course that's like on the scale of rodeo but it's so easy to apply to life and I, and I know that gets said all the time and we all know it but to be constantly reminded of it because of the life we're living I always felt really grateful for that and I even felt like applying that in my relationship right in my marriage is that Rodeo always did a really good job. And from day one, I felt we, Luke and I got married and we were so young 
and things could have gone really wrong there. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, no, us too. We're yeah, still, oh, so you young. are for sure. Young. But yeah. I just felt I felt so that was such a gift to me when we were first starting out is that we spent so much time apart that I always really cherished any time we had together. And so being able to have that as somebody who's, you know, like 20 years old and to view it that way and to then, you know, you don't pick petty fights all the time because you know that we may only have a day together and I don't want to spend it fighting. And so sometimes you just like, you pick your battles. And I was so grateful to learn those things early in our marriage because I think it helped us. It still helps us, you know, as, as you learn those things as rodeo can teach you a lot of life lessons and it's such extreme highs and lows. And I think that story you just told encompassed both of those so beautifully of what, what the reality of rodeo is really like. Yeah. And I think that like goes like, like hand in hand with so many things like the reality. And like, another thing is like, I feel so lucky. And I know you feel you like felt this way before too. And this is like kind of a controversial topic. So if you don't ever want to put this in the podcast, (laughs) or like cut it out, I do. No, you haven't even heard what I have to say. I do. But I mean, I feel like this is like this also like things that are important worth sharing. It's like, when you're married to somebody in the sport and you're lucky enough for them to do well and then they have a platform, that's amazing. You know, me and Dawson talk about it all the time and we pray about it. And Dawson's always like, I hope I use my platform to bring like good things to this world. You know, if I can, like I want to bring others closer to God. I want to set an example, you know, like, you know, if like a little kid writes Dawson a letter and it's like, you're my favorite bronc writer ever, you know, like, um, would you mail me one of your t-shirts like signed? Dawson's like, this is what I live for, you know? And, but like in that too, I also feel like, you know, these are like real guys, their husbands, their fathers. And when they have like a platform, people also kind of like form an opinion about them or you or your like marriage, you know, and now being married, I view this like totally different too, is like, I've just lately seen again, this is controversial, but this has been like in the last few days, like I've seen like a lot of like, ugliness online. And I think it's like younger girls. um, But like, like trying to spread like gossip or like news like oh well I saw so-and-so at the bar and he was like drinking hanging out with a girl I saw so-and-so whether these things are false or true or you know exaggerated I'm like this is so like hurtful like these things people are writing or going on about it's like this is somebody's like husband this is like somebody's like father this is somebody's brother this isn't just somebody you watch on tv this isn't just somebody you cheer for this is somebody who has like a life you know and I'm sure you can attest to that and that you've experienced that like before and I feel like I'm just now like starting to take that like more seriously you know now that we have like a family and stuff yeah, of course. And I think that that's one of the those judgments either in that sense people like kind of gossipy judgments or rumors or whatever. And then to people that um I know I experienced to people that don't understand. So they don't really know anything about rodeo and I'm trying to tell them like, "Oh, my husband travels 8 months out of the year." <laughs> you know, or like we we're spending 250 year 250 days apart out of the year. Is instantly their minds going to like, "Well, how how do you trust him? Like, what are you doing when your husband's yes. gone that long?" And Don't you hate that? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, first of all, it's like it's difficult. Of course it's a challenge, but two then you feel defensive, right? Cuz you these people Completely. having these questions and and how I mean, it's a real thing. I don't want to like negate that you have those feelings. Like I'm human, of course. And Mm -hmm. no matter how much you love and trust your partner, 
sometimes your insecurities are going to creep in or you, yeah. you have these outside voices telling you you should be worried like aren't you worried and, and it's like well I wasn't but <laughs> thanks for bringing well, that well, I up wasn't, but should I be? yeah, yeah I, know. I, I mean how do do a do you experience that and b how how do you deal with that like one thing I feel like it's like a different time now with like social media you know and like one of the funniest things and I'll always make light of this is Dawson looks so young he looks like so little and so like me and my mom are always like saying that he's like the boy band of like rodeo because like little (laughs) tiny girls I'm talking like little like 11 year old girls like watch him and they're like my same age so it's the cutest thing ever to me like at the NFR when like a little group a girl group of 11 year old girls are like (laughs) giggling behind him and then one will be like Kim she wants your photo and he'll like go take your photo because I'm like he looks their age you know (laughs) so it's like so funny and it's like my favorite thing it's like the cutest thing you know like there was a group of like high school rodeo queens this year at Fort Worth they were like oh my gosh like giggling about him in the corner and then like you know wanting his photo and it was so cute I laughed about it so much it was like so humorous the thing that's like not humorous is like when they see on social media that they have like a wife or a girlfriend or a baby and there's girls that'll like and Dawson's so transparent I never worry about this like I he asked me to like run his Instagram you know I could get on anything but like there's girls that don't know that I'm logged into his Instagram that I can run it and you know we'll DM him like hey did so good tonight buy you a drink question mark I'm like who has the nerve who you know? has like, the nerve like, I know, not me. What the heck? Like that one girls are so forward. I could just never be. And then two, it's like, he isn't just somebody that you watched tonight in the rodeo, you know, like he has a wife, he has a child, he has a family, you know? So I'm like, that's just something that I just can like, I'm just now seeing like for the first time, which like I kind of brought, you know, that's why I kind of like brought it up and I'm not the jealous type at all, but I'm like, what the heck, you know? And then like, I don't like that. Like any time, like, you know, I always have to, and Dawson, I, let me just say is the same like I mean I I never have worried about him being like in that way I worry about him like like missing flights or and so like I've met he's the same I never worry about him in that way I'm like I might worry about him Dawson's wild like having too much fun with his friends and missing flights because he's had too good of a time at the bar and that's a real story um but uh, twice not even once twice twice, get me started yeah don't even let me go down that road but like one thing that I can say he's the same he's never made me worry that like um or question that like he has eyes for only me but like in this day and age I have to like tell him and make him like conscious like he's super funny he's like outgoing you know so I'm like hey if you have a conversation with a girl at a bar and you make her laugh although you think nothing about it and it's completely innocent she's going back to her group chat of like friends you know later being like I just you know talked to so-and-so he was like totally talking to me like playing pool with me I'm like you have to be careful with that and I'm sure you've experienced that too like Luke is such like a funny fun guy guy like hilarious like do you know who thinks he's the funniest guy in the world is like Quincy like she will talk about how he's so funny she's like I love him he's so funny I die he's the funniest guy in the world like you know like at some point in time he's made somebody laugh and like it meant nothing to them you know but all of a sudden they're like oh well, I saw Luke Brinquino at the bar and he's so funny I like know him or I can say something about him when really it's like they don't know them they can't say anything about them and like that's one thing I've seen like a lot of my like friends struggle with lately too or like in this world in this life and I'm like oh it's just like gives me like the ick you know like it's like such an unfair feeling like they're already far from you like you said you already have those like worries it's like you don't need anyone like preying upon this like already long distance different like relationship type I I think that you said that all really well and that's really my my feelings about it is is just what you said is that 
I've never, Luke has never, he's always makes me feel like the most beautiful girl in the world, you know, and has never, is always wonderful. And we talk a lot. And that was, it was never my concern. Like, I'm not sure I can trust him. I always had so much trust in him. But like you said, it's the, it's when the outside voices like get into your brain and you have been apart for weeks and weeks and you're, it's like wearing you down. And then you have to, I think it's more like, I don't want to have to deal with that too. Whether you know it's true or not, it's just like another thing that you're like, oh, this was hard enough. I don't need that piled on top of it. It's something like that. Or just that you said that these are like funny outgoing guys. And for me, it was always like, I had enough FOMO, like not being out on the road with him and feeling like you're missing sometimes these great, exciting things to then be having to like have it told back to you like, oh, I had the most fun with him. And you're like, oh, can you just save me? Like, I yes. don't need to okay, hear that good too. For you. Like, yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, you did. Yeah. <laughs> good for you. That's great. Yeah. Oh, he's so funny. <laughs> yeah, he's great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't even know how funny he was. Yeah. No, totally. Stuff like that. And so I'm not even like coming from like a malicious like way. But I think that's another aspect that like doesn't get talked about like enough too is like, it's like, we're so proud of these guys. They have this platform, you know, like sometimes they even have this like fan base, but then it's like also like, okay, you remember like there's somebody's husband, there's somebody's father. They're not just a spectacle or they're not just somebody you talk to in the bar and then like, oh, I met him. I know him or whatever. Like, it's just like that stuff lately. I was like, I've just been seeing some like stuff and like, I don't know if it's like this younger generation or like these toxic like face group like Facebook groups they're making but it's like it, it's not caused any strife in my relationship at all but I can see it causing strife you know in people's or just like even if it doesn't cause strife it just causes somebody to just be like oh man why'd somebody have to say that why'd somebody have to do that they don't know anything about my relationship or my marriage or my husband or anything like that so like I said I'm like controversial don't even know if you want to mention that but also very much part yeah of the- I think it's relevant and important and I think like you were saying, I think a a huge part of that now is the social media aspect of it that's gotten so big lately. And so people feel like they kind of know these guys or to be able to have stories about them. And and now that kind of like gossipy thing is so big and and the rumors and it's just, it's kind of, I don't know, you you hate to see that too, because it's not always well. You hate to see that. Yeah, that's why I like to bring it back to like, yeah, it's like, you know, they have a family at home, they might not be there with them in the bar that night. But it's like, they do have, you know, somebody and it's kind of an assumption that you wouldn't know, right? I mean, anytime Luke went out, like, he's like, Oh, I'm going out with friends. I'm like, of course, go live it up, go have a good time. It's not like I don't know he's there. Yeah. Yeah. There's that too, right? And I think and I've kind of I talked about this a little bit on my blog in the past. But for so long, and I guess it was really before social media and like Instagram and everything came became so big, and I didn't really put anything out there for a long time. And and so people, I would go places with Luke, and people would have no idea that I was his wife. And it would be kind of funny sometimes, you know. They're like, "Who's?" We always always joke that like I'm the nanny. I would just be like five steps behind him with like the kids or something, and people are like, "Oh, who's didn't that girl?" You say like you sat behind a group of women that talked about like, "Is Luke married?" Yeah. I don't know. Does he have a wife? I'm not sure. Yeah. So. Like, There was a girl, we were in San Francisco and it was me and my sister, I think. And we were sitting in the stands and there was a couple, like a group of girls sitting in the row right behind us. And one of them was talking about how Luke was her boyfriend. (laughs) This is 
is exactly what I'm talking about. And it was so funny. And it was, she was just like, oh, going on and on. And I love him. And oh, he does this. And she was very familiar with, uh, she just had so much to say about him. And I just, and I wasn't upset by any means. I thought it was really funny. And we was, I was kind of like looking over at my sister and I was trying so hard not to laugh because I just thought this girl would probably die if I turned around right now. And I was like, oh, just die. He's my husband. Oh, he's your boyfriend. That's so weird. He's my husband. Like, my husband. Yeah. (laughs) She would probably have been so embarrassed, you know, and I appreciate that there are fans out there that love them and root these guys yes, on and stuff they this need is it exactly what i'm talking but about. it's such a it's such a it, it's definitely an aspect of it that you have to deal with now and then yes yeah that makes me laugh so much yeah he's my boy you're like oh he, lucky you this guy riding in cute he's a cute yeah exactly yeah oh she would just die yeah um and be so embarrassed but that's what i'm talking about too and there's so many times where i could have done the same thing like embarrassed like somebody but i'm like ah it doesn't bother me that much you know like i'm not gonna it's not it's not making me feel insecure it's not getting under my skin but also it's just like funny that like you know i think at the end of the day it's like well no he's my husband he's the father of my children you see <laughs> you know you know him well yeah so just stuff like that but I think it's like prevalent and then just lately I've just been seeing like I don't even have a Facebook but I've just you know screenshots of stuff my friends have sent me or things like that and I'm just like oh I just don't like that people feel like they can make a spectacle or try to say something about somebody's relationship that they know nothing about or the person they don't really know anything about you know so just on that, I just think that like, I, I, even though these are long distance relationships, they're also very happy and they're also very beautiful. And, um, yeah, that's, that's just what I have to say on that, I guess. <laughs> no, I, I think it's totally true is that we are all living long distance relationships and there's, and we're just doing our best, right? We're just trying to do our best to make it work. And it feels a lot of the time like it's an uphill battle. And then something like that comes in and it's just making it that much harder. Worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, mu- that much harder or anything like that. So yeah. Although it like doesn't like bo- like bother me. Like you said, I have never felt like Dawson's always made me feel like the apple of his eye, the most beautiful girl in the world. He always does that. Um, but too, it's like, you're right. You don't like when those like you haven't seen them for months and then you they're going to some beer garden or, you know, like they'll be at fans or a whole bunch of girls or anything like that. You're just like, oh, just have fun. But just know that I'm here missing <laughs> you. And I hope all those other girls there know that too. Um, but just stuff like that but no I think at the end of the day we're both very lucky and Luke is so cute I he will do the cute like his Instagram posts about you I'm like Dawson would you take note I'm like he wrote a poem practically this is beautiful I'm like I don't think you've ever said anything like that about me so he's very cute and I think we're both very lucky at the end of the day but being with you know um rodeo cowboys those are just the I mean that's why I feel like we were talking about this today those are just the struggles that you're faced with although there's way more beautiful and positive moments there's some like things nobody like talks about or like you know likes to show so at the end of the day these aren't just like a guy that you can have a conversation with in the bar and tell your friends about later and they're not just a guy that you cheer on on the tv whether he does good or bad or wrecks out or whatever it's like that's someone's husband that's someone's father that's someone's livelihood um and so that's yeah yeah that's what's behind the scenes it's so true Oh gosh, Lily, I feel like we we could make this an entire series because I could sit here and talk to you all day long. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm sorry I'm all over the place. You're not. No, this is wonderful. I feel like we covered so much and somehow we didn't even we didn't even talk about like you meeting Dawson. We didn't none, none of that stuff. And it was also wonderful. I love having these conversations with you and being able to share this with more people and I I think I mean just 
everything you did and sharing the, the reality of what this life is really like. And I think that's so important and my whole goal here. So I'm just going to have to have you on again so we can do this more <laughs> often. This was so wonderful. Well, thanks for having me. I always have so much fun with you, Lindsay. <laughs> thanks, Lily. I'll talk to you soon. Well, that's another great episode under our belts, and I'd love to hear what you thought. Share your favorite parts, something that really hit home or inspired you, or just share with others so they can know where to find us. It's the best way for you to cheer on these amazing people whose stories we've heard. So head on over to Instagram, be sure to tag Companion Pass, myself, and today's guests with your greatest takeaway from this episode. Thanks for being a part of our rodeo family, and we'll catch you at the next one. 